Hello darlings, this is just a quick note to let you know that Dead Darlings will be applying to be part of the Digital Edinburgh Free Fringe and if you are too, we want to hear from you. Our plan is to record a series of Dead Darlings Sessions episodes featuring poets that are putting on a show as part of the Free Fringe. The episodes will consist of a 20 minute set from the poet plus a quick fire interview and will be recorded as a Zoom event attended by the general public. The audio will then be turned into a special podcast episode and released wherever you got the episode you're currently listening to. It's a chance for poets to plug their fringe shows and give the audience a taster of the kind of thing they can expect from your show. If you're interested in taking part, drop us an email to deaddarlingspodcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, we're Dead Darlings Podcast on Facebook or on Twitter at Dead Darlings Pod. We look forward to hearing from you, darlings. <laughs> Welcome to the Vogon Slam, a very special episode of the Dead Darlings podcast. Our very own Hannah Hutzpert launched the Vogon Slam 10 years ago as a celebration of geekiness, Douglas Adams and utterly terrible poetry. Fans of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy will be aware that Vogon poetry is widely recognised as the third worst poetry in the universe. So the aim of this slam is to produce either the very worst poetry possible or the very geekiest. This year's slam was held virtually on the 25th of May and what you're about to hear is the audio from that event. Attendees were unlucky enough to hear some truly terrible poetry from our slammers. Christine Fritz, Saren Thomason, Anonymous Bosch, also known as Tim Kiley, Tim Martin, Tiana Howard, Andrew Leake, Rick Dove, Josie Alford, Sivadori Selakanu, Rachel Shora, and our sacrificial slammer, Matthias Ediger, as well as from Hannah, Laurie and myself. The night also included a featured set from the 2019 Vogon Slam winner, Alexander Woody Woodward, so stay tuned for that at the end of the slam. We were also graced with a visit from the ambassador of the Asgoths of Kriya, who kindly joined Hannah to share his thoughts on the evening's poetry. It should be noted, however, that the ambassador is in fact an entirely silent sock puppet, so not an ideal podcast guest. But I'm sure you'll agree that Hannah does a fantastic job in offering translation and mediation services. So get your towel ready, grab your sick bags and settle in for an evening of utterly awful poetry. I'll hand over to Hannah to tell you all about it. I always thought that Vogon poetry just sounded amazing when I was studying creative writing at uni and you got, could get your creative writing sock hoodies with your own little thing written on them. I wanted Vogon poet and people told me not to, so I didn't. Boo. Uh, but now it exists. Um, I absolutely love poetry, real poetry, <laughs> good, deliberately good poetry. But I also think it's very important to once in a while lance that boil and also to make it accessible. Everyone can write a shit poem. <laughs> and if you can identify what makes it a shit poem, then maybe you can, yeah, work on what to avoid and develop what is good as well. But um it's also just it's fun it's accessible i just it's it's for for people who do poetry some do uh very specific poetry things that piss them off and for a lot of other people it is the foot in the door that like you've discovered that this is fun anyway i am going to read from uh the bible 
which is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio script. I have actually consulted the reel-to-reel tapes at my parents' house, but the sound quality has deteriorated and you don't want to hear it, I promise. Um, but I will be reading from the Bible uh, what, what Vogon poetry is. Uh, my bookmarks are a swan feather I cut into a pet quill pen once and a sick bag, which was the original Vogon poetry ballot. This one remains clean. And it says in the document, Vogon poetry is, of course, the third worst in the universe. The second worst is that of the Asgoths of Kriya. During a recitation by their poet Master Grunthos the Flatulent of his poem Ode to a Small Lump of Green Putty I Found in My Armpit One Midsummer Morning, four of his audience died of internal hemorrhaging, and the president of the Mid-Galactic Arts Nobbling Council survived by gnawing one of his own legs off. Grunthos is reported to have been, quote, disappointed by the poem's reception, and was about to embark on a reading of his 12-book epic entitled My Favourite Bathtime Gurgles, when his own major intestine, in a desperate attempt to save humanity, leapt straight up through his neck and throttled his brain. The very worst poetry of all perished, along with its creator, Paula Nancy Millstone Jennings of Greenbridge, in the destruction of planet Earth. Vogon poetry is mild by comparison. And they have an example. So the absolute worst came from Earth and it came from Paula Nancy Millstone Jennings of Greenbridge. We will get back to her. The second worst is from the Asgoths of Kriya. And the third worst, because we do want you guys to survive, is by the Vogons. And one example goes like this. Oh, freddled grunt bugly, thy micturations are to me as plurdled gabble blotchets in a lurgid bee. Group. I implore thee, my foonting turlingdromes, and hoopteously drangle me with crinkle-binkle whirls, for otherwise I will rend thee in gobblewarts with my blundial crunchin. See if I don't. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, so, feel free. I, Arden says, bars. Oh, goodness me. Um, we, we have some praise. I feel like that is incorrect, but bless you. Um... Uh, I, uh, but yes, this, this is what Vogon poetry is. It is not good. And that's what you're aiming for to be the Vogon poetry slam champion. You want to be the worst of the 12 slammers that we have this evening. Uh, Vogons are also famously bureaucratic and, uh, would sell their grandmother for, I've forgotten what, unfriendly, not evil, but, uh, very into their bureaucracy. We may come back to that. So we actually have a um, representative from, so Paula Nancy Millstone Jennings, we will get to in a moment. Vogons, you will be hearing from in the slam later, but read the Asgoths of Korea. Um, we actually do have a um, representative with us. Um, Big hand for the representative people. The ambassador of the Asgoths of Korea has travelled far and wide across the galaxy to be here this evening and will be um, selecting the slammers. There are names in a hat and the, the ambassador will be selecting these. So that's that's to come. But 
first. Um, Paul and Nancy Millstone Jennings of Greenbridge, who writes the third worst poetry in the galaxy. First worst. worst. I do apologize. Um, I have a a surly assistant who will be correcting me whenever I mess up. And they have a clip. They have a clipboard. Um, So Paul and Nancy Millstone Jennings of Greenbridge um, was named as the first worst poet in the galaxy. In the original radio broadcast, I have it on good authority that it was actually Paul Neil Millstone. Paul Neil Millstone Jennings. I have we will get we will get the Something name up like on that. the we'll get the name yes, in a minute. We'll get the name up on a minute because um this was a real person. And the address given was Neil Paul Neil's real address, and he was someone that Douglas Adams apparently went to school with, and then also bumped into at university. And he actually ran a main uh, a minor literary festival in Cambridge at one point, and he did not write good poetry as far as Douglas Adams was concerned. He did write into the BBC and complained. So for all subsequent versions, it is now Paul and Nancy Millstone Jennings. Uh, but we have what claims to be, in internet law, a genuine example from Paul, Neil, and or Paul and Nancy. And I believe we are going to show it on the screen in the mo- in a moment. And if people would like to unmute themselves and sing along, we choose to see this as a kind of hymn sheet. It's kind of a so, communal reading. We all we usually yeah. get everybody in the pub to read it together, um, which yes. is going to be even more amusing. We thought on Zoom um, as everyone it's talks over each other. Terrible. So, do you want to lead, uh, Hannah? Yeah. And uh, people can unmute, I think, or Excellent. we can unmute them. Yeah, great so. stuff. Okay, so once everyone's so. unmuted, okay, I'm gonna Hannah go for it. Join <laughs> in if you like, people who are listening. So, on the count of three, let's recite the poem Swans. One, two, three. The dead swans lay in the stagnant pool. Lay, lay, rotted, 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 amazing that that was wonderful thank you everyone excellent that was amazing oh god damn i feel like we're all pretty warmed up now we are we are i think we're probably about ready for the vogon slam so i'll get to what is the other main theme of the slam which as hannah said is bureaucracy we love a good rule because Vogons love a good rule. Um, so I'm going to go over the rules of the Vogon Poetry Slam. As we've said, we are looking for the worst, baddest, or just kind of most geeky and weird, ideally terrible and geeky poetry. Now, at the end of each um, poet, uh, and we're going to have, I think it's nine, possibly 10. I can't count to 10. Um, poets come up and they're going to do their worst words for you and they're going to have three minutes um, in which to uh, do that for you 
Um, now, usually a, a, a in-person slam, what we would do is give people a grace period. Um, but we love rules and we're online. So if you go over your three minutes, we're just going to mute you. You're just going to be talking out into the void. <laughs> Hannah, you're looking at me like that's too cruel. No, I'm looking at you like I thought I thought we had an airlock. We usually have an airlock. Um, usually we have the sound effect from the movie, but I couldn't uh, work out how to do it from my computer. So I will make the sound effect and then we will meet you. Um, can you, can you if you go over your three minutes. Tell us what that will sound like so people know to be very <sighs> That's what it's going to sound like. Um, so you're going to have three minutes, Slammers. Um, most of you have already said hi, so we know that your mic works. Um, if uh, you're slamming and you haven't done a mic check with us, um, if you want to just say hello and, and check the mic, that's fine. That won't count towards your time. Um, your time will start, though, when you start your poem or when you do your first meaningful um, interaction, which means if you're going to go into interpretive dance, um, we will count that towards your time. Um, now, at the end of their three minutes, uh, my colleague, Rebecca Cooney, um, you're going to, and I haven't told you this, uh, there's a polls button at the bottom because you're the host now. Uh, you're going to click the polls button and choose the poll that relates to the relevant slammer. There will be a five-point scale for, that everybody can see, and you can vote from one to five in terms of how good you thought that poet was. Um, and when we say that, if you give them a five, that means, oh, that was actually a really good poem. I enjoyed that. That was good, like actually good, like not good for a Vogon slam. It was actually good. A score of one is, oh, God, that was awful. I'm dying. My towel is choking me around my neck. Uh, I'm going to gnaw one of my own legs off just to survive. So a score of one is bad, as in it's good for Vogon poetry. A score of five is it's actually good, as in it's bad for Vogon poetry. People get in that. If you just give me a yes in the chat, I'm hoping it's not too confusing. It will be clearer once the um, once the polls go up. Um, and what we're going to do um, to kick us off um, between Slammers, the uh, ambassador is going to be picking names out of a hat. Um, and to kick us off, this is actually something from a usual um, poetry slam uh, that we're putting in a Vogon slam. We have what we call, and this is not a Vogon thing, this is a normal poetry slam thing, a sacrificial poet. And a sacrificial poet, you might be thinking we're actually going to feed them to the uh, bug bladder beast of troll. That's not what we're going to be doing. Uh, what we're going to be doing is getting that slammer to come up here. They're going to do their Vogon poem. Uh, we're going to give a trial run of the scores um, and how it all works, but it won't count for anything. Much like the answer to, much like the ultimate question of life, the universe and everything, we won't actually know how they did. It's just for fun. It's just trying it out. Um, and we've got a really good, uh, actually, I shouldn't prejudice you, but all our slammers are good. But uh, we have uh, a poet, uh, who's going to come up and do uh, their piece now uh, for three minutes. So I'm going to get my timer ready. This is where we put on the interlude music while I get my timer. Yep, thank you. Uh, the ambassador is not going to do his stand-up routine, sadly, because we don't quite have time for that. Okay, we're going to have our sacrificial poet. I want to see in the chat a lot of noise, a lot of suffering, a lot of... Uh, whatever bodily fluids you want to secrete for our first Vogon Slammer of 2021, our sacrificial poet, Matthias Ediger. Um, good evening. Uh, I've called you here to report our findings on the 
L-O-V-E, the L strain of the oxytocin virus epidemic, which has the World Health Organization in a panic. Our latest study of carriers has clearly shown the hormonal roller coaster to which they are prone. Initial indicators were the females are largely driven by estrogen, while the males are governed by testosterone. Uh, Closer inspection of these chemical imbalances reveal that can intensely transform the male phalluses. The female subjects appear to be no less affected, where hygrometers and increase in moisture detected. Naturally, these distributions were strongly non-binary, with no immunities by orientation or gender identity. So our design of experiment paired all combinations to satisfy the participants' diverse inclinations. Uh, the explosive initial stage can be short-lived on its own. Incubation in seconds, often gone by next dawn. In the second phase of this terrible affliction, we observed symptoms usually linked to addiction. The subjects appear simply drunk or high, flushed cheeks, sweaty palms, racing hearts, and mouth dry. Linguistic tests scored the candidates inebriated, while their self-esteem and confidence were strongly inflated. This euphoria cocktail mixed two shots of dopamine with an adrenaline chaser and the kicker not ranipurfin. Our double-blind study of visual stimuli confirmed that this virus can be transmitted by eye, though the more contagious route of long-term dependency seems to be the pathway via the nasal cavity. Test subjects developed a lasting bond to their mates while we tracked oxytocin rise over successive dates. In the questionnaire, the candidates expressed the urge to cuddle. Uh, to make plans and conditions showed them much less befuddled. I will now explore the pathways that this pathogen can take, so we may consider the possibility to vaccinate. Uh, I've brought this sample here of the L-O-V-E strain. Oh, my God, it's escaped. I need you all to remain calm while I establish a quarantine zone and try to get the WHO task force on the zone on the phone. Is anyone else feeling hot under the collar? Sweaty palms, racing heart. Oh no, I'm now a carrier. At least it's for science that I took the fall. I can hold it no more. I love you all. Thank you very much. Oh my God. Ugh. I don't know how to respond after that. It's a bit difficult to know what to say, isn't it, Ace? But everybody should be able to see on the screen an opportunity to judge. So you can see from one to five, hopefully. And if you click on the one that you think and then click submit, give your scores over. Oh, wow. That was certainly something. Uh, I think we should all take a small enema. I mean, a small little <laughs> applause to Matthias anyway for sharing sharing his poem with us, uh, even though I'm not sure we how we really feel about it. Um, I was going to say before we go into the next poet, um, which I'm going to hand back over to Hannah, um, who is going to hand over to the Asgos of Korea's ambassador to choose a couple of things, because Rebecca reminded me during that poem um that i haven't actually done all of our rules and that's something we don't want Oops. on a vogon slam so there are a couple of other extra things to say um which i forgot um 
because I'm not a Vogon, but I would have remembered. Um, so um, one thing that is actually important to say is, although our slammers are doing bad poetry uh, we and horrible poetry, we don't want anybody to be an actual horrible person. So don't be a dick. No kicking down, no sexism, racism, any isms, optimism. We don't want that. No homophobia, no transphobia, anything like that, because we will take you to the airlock straight away. Um, but I'm sure everybody will be fine and lovely. So that's not actually going to happen. Um, and if anyone in the audience is actually genuinely uncomfortable uh, by anything that any of the slammers say, um, please do feel free to message Rebecca. Rebecca is looking out specifically for any messages um, you know, that are not in the spirit of the night. Um, Matthias, time that amazingly we didn't like the poem but they timed it amazingly they did for uh two minutes and 49 seconds which is not bad at all um perfectly timed a great example for the rest of our slammers right okay i'm gonna hand over now to hannah let's go let's do the slam uh, the ambassador is just limbering up we have a top hat full of names of slammers you ready you ready to roll Okay, one, two, and that's that's Here three, honey. Okay, let's let's start with one, and I'm going to unfold this with one hand for absolutely no reason. I just I just prefer doing it that way. And the first name up is Saren Thomason. Saren Thomason, up to the mic. Says, please take it away. This is a poem for our times. Oh, co-video machine has a staring screen words. We don't want to catch a microbe from a microphobe tainted with unclean words. Not unclean as in swearing about which none of us here should be caring but words breathed on it by a dozen other poets. And one poet might have virus in its verses, disease in its dactyls, infection in its iams, and we wouldn't even know it. But it isn't quite the same. And that's a shame. But the co-video machine is the new poetry scene. I want remote control of this televised experience which feeds my soul. You can wear your oldest jeans, or pyjamas of red and blue and pink and yellow and green. But if your bottom half is naked, it never will be seen, unless you forget and stand up to get a drink, because that would be a little bit too graphic. Anyway, I'm now permanently banned from popular Cambridge Poetry Night Allographic. But... You don't have to be too clean. The resolution on your screen won't cut the telltale signs of your poor hygiene. But zoom, bomb, here comes a heckler using his new tech to shout and swear and disrespect the audience and poets too. In the bar, the bouncer. Now the host can mute and boot the bounder, but don't abuse your power. Some of us just don't wear pants at home, okay, Faye? For the co-video machine, sometimes there have been connectivity problems, poets disappearing mid-set and getting upset. If a poet reads a poem without Wi-Fi, are they even still a poet? Or just someone on a sofa shouting on an unresponsive screen. But 
Look on video machine, you are the margarine to the butter of a live show, but this show is also live, so you're the high-end margarine, not the own brand Aldi knockoff or Stork or even Lard. And even though it's hard and I can't believe it's not better, you still butter me up. So let's all stand up, except me for legal reasons. But although I am very keen for us all to reconvene in live venues, then you run the risk of a rise in the art being seen, which would mean we are forever staring at the screen. So where there's poor ventilation, I do not want to vent my spleen, because that would mean we are stuck behind a screen for a long time. And away from that, I'd like to lean. But, oh, COVID-19, you have been so very mean, but without a doubt, without you... <laughs> hate to do it how far are you away from the end says uh, about five lines oh i don't know do we want to hear the end or are we all suffered no, it's, enough it's probably fine okay let's go straight to scoring then we couldn't even get to the end of the poem ouch that Ooh. that says something about the quality i'm sure anyway everyone Give us your scores on the doors. We're going to give it, give you a minute to score. God, Hannah, Ambassador, what did you think of I that? I mean, the Ambassador seemed to be digging that one. I don't, I don't, my Babelfish is malfunctioning, so I'm not 100% sure on the feedback. I'm mostly going by body language, but seem to be, okay. yeah, seem to be into it. Um, oh, man. Wow. Um, what I want to see more of in the chat is people typing in lines that they particularly hate. I think that mm. would go down well. I'd like to see that. Anyway, back to Mr. Ambassador to pick the next name. So we have a hat. We have an ambassador. Ready? Cool. And thank you. And the next name out of the hat is... Apologies if I mispronounce this. Tian, ti, Tiana. Tiana. I knew it was me as soon as you struggled with the name. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Tiana, up to the mic. On a ship, he sits in the silence. Body in rigor mortis, fighting itself like a pathogen, knocking on the door. But she said it first. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. He makes you fight. He makes you fight. Creeps into your head, creeps into your head and whispers. Keeping his tongue hostage while his eyelids fl flicker against the screen. I don't know how he does it. With these eldritch horrors climbing the wall in bright colours I can't remember. Iridescent scales that shatter through memory. Holding my head between his hands, promising to pull this image from my head. He says, I'll forget until I look in the corner of my eye and a new door appears, such a lonely little boy. Lonely then and lonelier now, seize your gaze, careless watcher. For here you might find something that will alter you irreparably. We are no longer the audience, but don't meet their eyes or quick cement will snap your neck or lap up your future with concrete tongues. Just don't blink. Blink and you're dead. Stop pretending like this is all in your head. I can't feel my eyes. I spent so, spent so long staring listlessly at the ceiling, no movement beyond the mattress. I lie perfectly still, locked into the show with my eyes peeled open while a monster parades around with my skin, stealing my dog from medically induced dreams. When I was young, I used to watch these malevolent shadows inch closer. 
There are these shadow men, sinister men, darkness to find. Their twisted smiles are deep more of danger and their shade takes seconds to reach for my face, craving skin. These shadow men are bitter distortions of static air. They crackle in movement, making every hair on my arms rise like a startled nurse. Waiting for lightning to hit my sanity into cinder. These alien men's fingers linger slowly, surely tracing skin, taking my body into his. These monster men become the darkness they inhabit. Twisted torch and looming shapes created by a crack in the current, into torment, a crack in the wall, into nothingness. You grab her hand and tell your flower to run, but this place doesn't allow for escape. I am slam stock still, but begging for something, anything that will ground me in a place with no floor. Something to tie me anywhere to stop me floating in a breathless void in which I can feel the acid in my stomach, but not the hand on my ankle. You pretend that even the stars are too old to know. Doctor, what does home mean when ours starts to look like a horror show? How do you open your eyes night after night without waiting for the day to replay in horrifying HD, a showcase of every mistake of everyone you couldn't save, can't escape lucid dreams, conjuring old bed- bedfellow fears? This time the doctor doesn't lie. Do you hear the crack of the door, the floorboards creak, the monsters under your bed don't always wait till you're asleep? Okay. Ooh. And just in time as well. You had about 10 seconds left. Okay. I'm seeing quite a lot of comments in the chat. Don't let them influence you that that might have been an actually good poem, which is great. Geeky poems are also encouraged. I'm intrigued to see how this one scores. Hannah, any thoughts while people vote? And Mr. Ambassador, what did you think? Just before Mr. Ambassador starts, I just want to nip in and say, in the interest of fairness, I'm going to leave this up for 45 seconds. So that's how long you've got to vote. We're on 27 seconds now. We're doing a 45 second run. Faye didn't manage to vote on the last one because they were stopped still by by how bad they found the poem, the previous one. Mr. Ambassador, what, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What I'm more concerned about is that the Ambassador seemed to be really into that one. And obviously, the Ambassador is in my flat. So... Mm. What are you worried about? Little Ambassadors springing up? Or I, what? I don't know. We do have an axe in the garden. I'm just... <laughs> if I, I don't want to make a diplomatic thing. I'm just a bit... We'll see. Um... How are our votes coming in? No. Votes are all finalized, so please move on. Votes are finalized. I like this little bit of bureaucracy. We should have built this in from the start, but I'm glad we've got there now. Okay, Mr. Ambassador, next name. Excellent. Please, please don't just just do the thing. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ambassador. Excellent. And the next name we have is Andrew Leek. Andrew Leek up to the mic, please. Hello. Hey, Andrew. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to call this poem, It Was a Bad Day. So there I was, sitting on my sofa for about 12 hours. It's probably the longest I've ever, ever sat. Think about it. Life ain't all that. I mean, yeah, I'm, a, I'm my own boss, but it's still pretty boring when you get down to the nitty gritty. It's all become a bit predictable now. I know what I'll be doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the rest of the days of the week. I know how it will make me feel. I know exactly what will happen in my life day to day. 
which is why when you enter your early 30s, remember you could have really profited from brushing your teeth much earlier, working and saving your money from an early age and listening to advice better. Now I'm 32, I'm not particularly excited about life. It's all the same shit to me by now. Nothing exciting is going to happen. It'll just be the usual bits of disappointment I feel when something doesn't work out. It's life. It is what it is. There's not a lot I can do about it. Summer would be nice. It's warm in the summer. Going for a swim after the gym would also be nice. It would also be nice if I won one million pounds in a lottery. It's all pretty much the same, really. You kind of just get on with it until someone says, down your tools, and then you go home. The TV is still kind of boring. You play Football Manager 2011, and you think about the very low amount of money you have. I don't know about any of you guys, but this is pretty shit. I don't want much, really. I just want to have fun, like everyone else. When I watch the news, all I hear about is secret COVID parties and people happy to protest and deface public properties. Why can't I be like that? All I can do is talk a good talk, and I've still got all of my hair. But do I even want any hair? I don't even care. It's just there. Do I even care that I don't care if I've still got hair? No. That means I don't even care about anything. I would eat some more yogurt and watch plants growing in my garden, I can't, but I can't even be bothered to do that. This is it. This is literally the pinnacle of life. It is never going to get better than this. Life is literally plain sailing. You go through the same thing day after day. Thank you very much. All right. Well in time there. That was Andrew Leake. Let's get the scoring situation up. Okay. Interesting. Mr. Ambassador, any thoughts, any words? Ambassador? 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 I, I, I think... Has he gone? I think, I think that one was quite relaxing for the Ambassador. Okay, well... You know, relaxing can be good. How are we doing with uh, with the scores, Rebecca? Do you need some of my coffee? But about fifteen more seconds, I believe. About fifteen seconds to get your scores in for Andrew Leake. I was going for depressing, boring, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So hopefully, people are people are really repulsed that right now. So <laughs> It could be it could be the vibe. I think particularly after so long with all sorts of lockdowns and things. Yeah. Could could be the vibe that might that might swing it. So let's see. Okay, how are we doing? Rebecca's gonna give me the nod. Okay, I got a thumbs up. Not quite a nod, but I'll allow it. Okay, let's pass <laughs> back to the ambassador. And we have got thank you. We have got someone who I know has their towel Ooh. with them. Tim Martin. It's Tim Martin next up to the mic, everybody. Get ready. Here we go. This one is called The Plight of the Taxidermied Weasel. Montgomery was still alive when Susan got the camera out wanting to capture his final moments in the quiet suburban road in the heat of the listless summer, undulating, panting, bloodied, moist. The weasel's short, turbulent afternoon cut short by Susan's beige, Datsun, sunny 1000. Now he would never know if the dank canal had the nice duckweed that day. 
It wasn't even a remarkable day. It was just hot, uncomfortable, like an oscillating patio heater clad in brown spandex. Still convulsing, she scooped him up into the Iceland bag, not the John Lewis one. The Iceland bag. The John Lewis one had the nice handles. Twas the Iceland bag. The bag of Iceland. By the time she got home, Montgomery had passed, derelict and moribund like a soggy copy of the Metro left abandoned on the DLR on an idle, wet November Tuesday. She began, as ever, with the primary incision and the formaldehyde, the sun setting on the Guildford cul-de-sac, orange light pouring through the dusty shed window as parachutes by Coldplay trickled out of her CD player. It took all night. The CD was restarted many times. Montgomery did not wonder why the stars were yellow, because Montgomery was dead. (laughs) Placed atop a shelf on high, face contorted to an earnest surprise and awkward grimace as he gazed across the home office. At least he would gaze if he were alive. But Montgomery did not gaze because Montgomery continued to be dead. (laughs) But if he was still alive, He'd seen bone up to an A2 print, a black and white tableau of his final moments on large format film. Turgid form, rank of pickling, requested was he to gaze upon his demise for all eternity as Susan sat perpendicular below, processing, auditing, drinking cordial. And she was still listening to Coldplay. Oh wow, that was uh, that was a kind of like I'm going to pull my notepad back, just like yeah, yeah, deal with that, deal with that, suckers. Wow, A <laughs> two printer, I've never heard of that. Emma. Wow, <laughs> wow, okay, let's hear the scores. I heard dank, I heard oscillating in moist, there, moist, moist. There was a good, a good undulating portion of moist in there. Um, I mean, certainly on the onomatopoeic words, I, I think we we yeah. had some some pretty pretty high standards there. What did you think, Mister Ambassador? Um, so he was very into moist, but I needed to explain the cultural references about which carrier bag. Um, we're mm-hmm. we're we're having some difficulties with translation at the moment because because um, baby yeah, fish, no, yeah, br- yeah, broad, broadly, yeah, no. To, I was thinking be, maybe we maybe next Vogon Slam we can rename it the Vogon Slam brackets not the Iceland one not the John Lewis one um, just to see you know so that people don't get the wrong idea uh, how are we doing Rebecca Cooney I feel like we need to give you I I always pass to the ambassador but I feel we need to give you a kind of code name in this as well have we got scores we have got scores in um i believe airlock maintenance worker would be my official title if you were to check the requisite paperwork which you should have filed by now i should have filed it unfortunately um <laughs> as already discussed deadlines um whoosh past so uh let's pass to mr ambassador if we're ready to yeah. carry on with the next slammer okay yeah get a good get a good route around see what seems to speak to you and the next one up is Josie Alford. Josie, up to the mic, please. 
Hello, distinguished judges. Thank you for having me. May I just say, everyone, your poems were fucking terrible. Um, this poem is called To Ex Explore Strange New Worlds, and it is, in fact, a pantoum. I am the pantoum menace. And um, for those of you, for those uneducated swine among you, um, a pantoum is a very complicated poem I paid £10,000 to learn about on my masters. And I'm here to inflict it on you all. <clears throat> it's called To Explore Strange New Worlds. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. I've been watching too much Star Trek. I simply can't get enough of it. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. With Commander Riker's charming smile, I simply can't get enough of it. Set phases to stunning, am I right? With Commander Riker's charming smile, he looks at Councillor Troy and he sets phases to stunning. Am I right to think that they should get together? He looks at Councillor Troy and she can see in his eyes that he likes to think that they should get together. But there is always something in the way. Can see in his eyes he likes a bit of female company. There's always something in the way, but it seems to happen anyway. A bit of female company. Even Commander Data got some. It seems to happen everywhere on Federation starships. Even Commander Data has some questions on where he fits in on Federation starships. Learning what it is to be human. Questioning where I fit in. I've been watching too much Star Trek, learning what it is to be human through space, the final frontier. Thank you, distinguished judges. Well, I like being addressed as a distinguished judge, I'm assuming. Uh, in fact, everybody is the distinguished judge in this. So judges, which is everybody this time. How do we feel about that one? It was certainly geeky. Um, let's find out what you guys thought. I'm intrigued because it's interesting to have a poem that's formal, Mr. Ambassador, isn't it? Not all, not all poetry, as goth nor Vogon necessarily has to be formal. What are your thoughts on on the the form and where it fits? What the? Oh, um, the ambassador has um, spat out. Uh, he he seems to have. He's actually thrown up a bit of his own intestine. Well, I, I believe that I believe that is his Starfleet badge. It's, oh. it's it's been you know obviously warped by the elements in the uh, profoundly and famously acidic stomach of an Asgoth. But um, yeah, no, that that I, I believe that was um, to his life. A little bit of that, something that may count against you. <laughs> a little bit of something came up out of the ambassador. Okay, mm. over to our airlock consultant. How are we doing in the airlock? We're all good. All ship shape ape here. All the scores are in, and we can hand over to the ambassador to pick the next slammer. We're over halfway through now, guys. You ready? One, two, three. Ah, come on. You gotta, with your teeth. I know you're tired. Okay, cool. Thank you, ambassador. 
And the oh, next one up is Chris. Cam- you're, you're going to need to stop. That's written. That's written in blue ink. Yeah, which is a direct contravention of a rule 209, section 12, subsection brackets three, yeah. stating all names must be submitted in black ink. So when you wrote down the slammer's name on their behalf. By I using the blue ink because up. they're not here today, you've rendered them ineligible. <laughs> you pulled the veil! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rule 209. Rule 209, Mr. Ambassador, unfortunately. Okay. Chris Campbell will not be again. taking part. Let's select another slammer. Okay. Thank you. And the next slammer is Rachel Shura. Let's pass over to Rachel Shura. Up to the mic. So I've um, created my own new poetic form. It's made entirely from the footnotes of the poem, so that rather than experience the poem, which you'd probably just go and enjoy pointlessly, you're going to get an explanation of what the poem means, which really is a far more useful way to spend this time. Footnote one. This is a reference to Eliot's reference to Tiresias in Greek mythology. Two. To have leaves butterscotch in the wind, as the poem does here, is a metaphorical illusion because both leaves and butterscotches are, at least in autumn, when based on this line it can be surmised this poem is set, Both are brown and crunchy, as I would demonstrate if I had a Werther's original to hand. Now, the linguistically gifted reader might notice that the metaphor uses a noun as a verb. Now, only a talented linguist or a skilled verbaliser, that is a bit of elegant variation, by the way, which the English language, having its roots in both the Romantic and the Germanic traditions particularly, and uniquely lends itself to, only an exceptionally adept interlocutor is capable of using one part of speech, such as a noun, as another part of speech, such as a verb, as this poem does, Poetry is for clever people and everyone who's keeping up so far, you should give yourselves a pat on the back. Three. Yes, that is the same barman who calls time in T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. Well spotted. Four. What the poem does here is to describe a simple abstract concept using obscure imagery, which is also quite hard to elicit the intended meaning from. The effect of this is to take the idea, war is unpleasant, and put it in a fancy hat, like the kind you'd wear at Ascot, which is a horse race where the women wear extravagant hats, And then it makes it completely bizarre, like wearing that fancy hat with an Adidas striped tracksuit to a vegan pop-up cafe. This allows the reader to understand that the poet is privileged and powerful and a progressive thought leader who, even when they're saying something asinine and obvious, transforms that idea into something revolutionary and innovative. Five. 
that word. <laughs> that was the airlock. The airlock went off. Oh, I don't even know what we, what people made of that one. That's going to be interesting to see. I actually do edit poetry collections uh, for other writers. And one of the rules I always have pretty much is if it's got a footnote, I'm cutting it. Um, and yeah, I mean, there wouldn't be any poem left. That's interesting. I wonder what would happen in that void of space on the page. Mr. Ambassador, thoughts? Um, so the ambassador has been finding this a very useful... Um, can, I, can I read them out? Is that... Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, so the ambassador has been writing down some of the things that mm -hmm. he's learned. So um, poetry is for clever earthlings. Uh-huh. Ascot is a horse race with a question mark. Uh, okay, so, right. You've written a horse like if you've got a sore throat, but um, it's kind of like a big... Dog. Yeah, it's like a really big dog. Cool. And um, what is vegan? Okay, so I can... At the interval... Um, we'll get these working and we'll have a... Is that cool? All right, cool. Yeah. I think I think edu the ambassador appreciated the educational quality. Tell him it went Vogon. Yeah, okay. Um, right, over to our airlock inspector. Um, are we all good on the scores? We are indeed. We are indeed. Okay, we're going to move on then. Mr. Ambassador, please select our, your next torturer. And we have got Rick Dove. Rick Dove, up to the mic, if you please. I thought the Vogon ambassador and fellow Vogons might appreciate some constraints when it came to poetry. So I went for a golden shovel and a sestina, all wrapped up in one poem, inspired by Terry Pratchett, in fact. Light thinks it travels faster than anything, but it's wrong. No matter how fast travel light travels, it finds darkness, has always got there first, and is waiting for it. This is Full Circle, a protest against the hype. Heart of gold, inside melange of spice, no wormholes punched in folded space like matter, is so much paper thin explaining how Americans spent billions making some fast, dry, pressurized ink, while Russians saw light, simply taking pencils for their travels. Hearts of gold, a fixed point vessel, travels infinite improbability, no drive, no emotion, no pocket universe light tripping fabric weft warping matter, blink, I am a sofa, thinking thoughts fast enough, cushions can swallow voids of how. Heart of gold. Leviathan starbursts, how fight and flight of Holtzman drive makes travels without movement, without hyperdrive fast navigation calculations, with no doubt a parsec measures time and matter. Watched. A kessel never boils at sublight. Heart of gold. Quantum multiverse stitched, light extrasolar objection, bright ringed how protomolecular life is matter made of lost socks. Carrying timeless travels, Sheldon's spot is sweet dip TARDIS door. No motion, a melange of spice, 
opens fast. Heart of gold. An Einstein Rosen bridge set fast keystone tech that underpins dreams alight. Mobius strips us back to something no bureaucracy, however perfect, however freeing, can contain. These travels without moving, all that really matter. Heart of gold. A gift sees time as matter. Stretching spaghettification in falling fast bowl of petunias. Travels length of Gordian worlds knotted for light yet esoteric reference on how reaching through space is never saying no. Oh, dead on time there, Rick. That was the end, right? Wow. I mean, you don't get any extra points for timing it exactly three minutes, but I mean, you get kudos. And what are those? uh, Again, this shouldn't influence the judges, but your goggles, your aviator goggles are pretty damn stylish again don't let that influence you on the poetry you can still think it was terrible so let's all take a moment to vote and then let's swing over to our ambassador to see what they thought well initially um he seemed to be very very entertained by the really old-fashioned um technology he was hearing about but Upon discovering that Rick had mastered Interstellar disappearing, um, mm-hmm. yeah, seemed, yeah, attention restored. Great. Okay, how are we doing with our airlocks? Are they sealed yet, or they still sucking in the void of space? Now. Okay, fantastic, Mr. Ambassador. Let's keep it going. Let's have our next Vogon Slammer in the 2021 Vogon Slam. Our next Slammer is and oh no it's another blue one it's another one written um, in blue byro needs discarding uh, in accordance slammer. with roll 209 yep is Sividore salakanu who goes under the name ray i think yes hello hi, hi. Ha, fantastic that is me hello, hello ray hello. Hello, hello, fellow Vogon poetry haters and um, and fans all alike. Uh, I'm Ray, and my poem is about one of my greatest achievements in the past few days. It's called, Today I Did a Squat. And it goes like this. Oh, nobly, nibbly, unably knees. Today I test the strength of thee. As I try to contort at 90 degrees, my gastronomous and quadricepuses. I stare down deep in anticipation as I observe my eventual destination. Geronimo, Kawabunga, my inner exclamation. Proudly, I parade my momentous locomotion. Crickety, crickety, crackety craps, like tiny bubbles exploding down my lap, mistaken as a supernovaic orgasm, but rather knee crumbs, a meniscusian spasm. I must, I must, I yell at my limbs. Circumstances now seem closer to grim, pushing closer, closer on my dual brown sticks with the aid of follicular aerodynamics. Oh, cruel fate, what it has for me, fate known as my destiny. 
curse thee, O menangering Patello Femor, for alas, Malagluteusimus is now on the floor. Thank you. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't know about uh, the rest of... I don't know, Hannah, you've been doing the Vogon Slam longer than me, um, but I think... It's, I think it's, it's, this is the longest between the slam starting and somebody saying the word orgasm and running it with spasm, right? <laughs> I think it might be. I think it might be. Thank you, Ray, for sharing with us. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, thoughts? So I'm going to, it seemed to be working again. Okay, cool. Right. So um, Mr. Ambassador would like to convey that he found the mix of biological with the uh assonance extremely appealing and that if you're free for a gig um in about a month (laughs) transport isn't paid and it is on a different planet but you're very welcome Uh okay you've got yourself a gig there pretty good okay um and how are we doing with the airlock airlock is shut Airlock is shut. Okay, let's go on to what I think is our penultimate slammer. It is. Pick wisely. So, thank you. Our penultimate slammer is Anonymous Bosch. Anonymous Bosch. Up to the mic, Anonymous Bosch. Let's hear what they've got to share. Okay, so this this poem doesn't have a title. It's more real like that. It's uh, called Untitled Poem. I was somewhere through my third bottle of absinthe that morning in the south of France when the daughter of the old fuck whose farm we were crashing at sashayed through the barn door. I knew right then, baby, I wanted your more i wanted your real as a hundred dollar score i knew that if i approached you then and let myself bathe in your radiance for only a second it would be enough but also not enough i approached you it wasn't enough I only knew enough French to find my way to the hem of your dress and to the word putain, which has more than one meaning in French. But I knew in the language of gesture already that you would try to tell me that you felt nothing. I said, baby, it's all lies. I said, baby, what you feel is real. I know it's real when you look in my guys it's tim i swear to god this isn't me i am not writing this poetry i would never turn out something this sleazy and horrible i will make it up to you okay i have a way of making this right okay here's my pamphlet it's available now from indigo dreams you can buy it from them you can buy it from my big cartel come to the launch on thursday night we'll have some drinks it'll be nice just please please get me out of this it's something in the sunglasses i don't know what it is i can't keep this up for long help me help me eyes 
it was not to be. I knew enough French to know the word policier has only one meaning in French and meant that I hadn't persuaded her. The quest was over. I left her howling something after me. The word putain has more than one meaning in French. As she chased me out of France like a Nazi, like she was a Nazi, I had failed to free her of her conventional morality, but as Charles Bukowski once said, she still looked good to me. Oh, thank God! What? What? What happened? <laughs> what did happen? <laughs> Timmy, you were right. I think I'm going to be okay. Oh, wow. That was certainly something. I saw quite a lot of people in the chat saying, I think I've dated that person. I think we've all dated that same one person um, over time. Uh, they seem to be quite sleazy. I was wondering if he was planning to finish at the three minute mark. I think he would have just continued. Uh, wow. I mean, Ambassador, well, thoughts that on that? That character would never be finished. I don't know. What did you reckon, Ambassador? Are you kind of. Oh, um, the Ambassador appears to have thrown up. The name of the last competitor. Oh, which, well, we're not um, quite ready there yet because we need to. No, check no, no. The... Just, just. Oh, oh. I, oh, I no. He's thrown up statement. Anonymous Bosch's name. Okay. Mm. Right. <laughs> I see. Um, someone has put in the chat a couple of times Are we, are we allowed product placement? I mean, I was going to say yes as long as it was Dead Darling's podcast product placement. <laughs> um, but. Now that I've seen what's happened, I'm not so sure on that. Anyway, um, airlock, uh, how are we doing on the airlock? Airlocks are fully sealed. Fully sealed. Okay, over to uh, the ambassador for our final slammer of the 2021 Virgon Slam. You ready? Make this one count. Thank you. And the final slammer of the night is Christine Fritz. Christine Fritz, can we get you up to the mic? Hello, guys. A small, just like story about my normal day. Yesterday was a pretty normal day. I got out of my bed, had breakfast, went to work, got back home, was tired, went to bed, fell asleep, like thousands of other days before, like millions of times before. The last night, I had a nightmare. A beheaded ghost rattled the chains. He came directly up to me. I saw an arrow in his chest and fre fresh blood at his belly. He told me, free yourself from daily routine. Get yourself away. Get yourself alive to be the problems in the world. Wake up. There are so many problems. Climate change, bombs in Jerusalem, parents cry when the children get raped. Children complain when God is not as merciful as they were told. The pain of losing hope. The fear unicorns only exist in books. Rainbows moving in the most important color. Fontaines offering only muddy water. Sunrises that don't bring light. Fog carrying depressions. Wake up! There are so many reasons to fight. Hope, justice, peace. Mothers hugging their kids and making them warriors of love. Fathers who allow themselves to cry. Teachers believing in the power of education. Babies making everybody smile. People setting up candles no matter how stormy it is. Songs telling the way to a better future. 
poetry touching your heart. Enemies becoming friends, the happening of forgiveness, knowing there's always a home you belong to, and unicorns, for sure, there's always a reason for hope. Wake up! I asked the ghost what, what I, with a lasting lack of money, could do. Just me with nothing than ideas but fears and struggles in my subconsciousness. Just me wondering if a solution could maybe be existing, perhaps. Just me? The ghost did not answer and vanished. Today in the morning, I woke up, went in the bathroom, looked in the mirror, saw my tired face, the big ibex, a small tear. And I thought the first thing I would have to change, me, myself as one part of the whole system. Oh, interesting ending there. Well, thank you, Christine. When we went into the nightmare, I was wondering if you were going to find anonymous Bosch in the nightmare, whether he, he was uh, part of the nightmare. Uh, interesting. Okay. I think that's the last slammer. So let's get those scores in and we'll pass over to the ambassador to see what they thought of it. The ambassador is on mute. So um, the ambassador is moving quite slowly at the moment because there's a request for medical assistance because of emotional whiplash. Okay. I mean, we've got, I've got some paracetamol. Is that? Okay. Right. So um, we're yeah. going to need to sort him out during the interval, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to need to bring him back round. Okay, well, why don't we take a little break for the ambassador's sake, and then we can come back um, for right. our feature, Alexander Woody Woodward. Um, before we do that, let's check what the, how the situation is with the airlock. Airlocks are sorted. We will be piping in some music into the space while you contemplate the void and vacuum outside. But uh, give me just a second. When we continue, you are going to hear a feature set from the reigning Vogon Poetry Slam champion, who is also a well-known poet in the UK, founder of the Baijo Theatre Company. And you're also going to hear uh, other pieces, including um, genuinely the poems that the Pet Crematorium sent me, along with my cat's ashes. So Can't wait to hear them. Got loads to look forward to. Stay okay. around. Okay. See you all in a minute. We are back for the second part of the Vogue on Slam 2021. Ooh, heck yes. What have we got in this half? Well, we've got some pretty awesome stuff. We've got a feature set from the awesome Alexander Woody Woodward coming up. Um, we also have, um, very importantly, the scores from uh, the Vogue on Slam 2021, who will be the worst poet. Um, but before we do all that, um, we're going to kick off the half... Um, as we did in the first half with our host doing a poem. So I'm going to pass over to, I think, Rebecca Cooney first to do us a little poem. We weren't sure Rebecca was going to do one, but I think she is. So I'm passing over now to Rebecca Cooney. You don't have to judge this one in terms of numerics, but you might want to judge it anyway. Apologies, right. Can everyone hear me? We can hear you now. Excellent. Yes. Sorry. I've got different screens getting set up and I'm trying not to hear myself too much. But now we are uh, set up because this is a truly horrible poem. And uh, really, I don't want to hear it. 
Um, you guys have to, but I don't want to. So, no, actually, in all seriousness, this poem was inspired by perhaps one of the most moving lines of poetry that I've ever heard. So Faye Roberts, uh, who is with us tonight, runs uh, the Hammer and Tongue Cambridge Poetry Slam. And they uh, have a speech at the beginning of each <laughs> Faye's asking not to be dragged into this, but Faye has a speech at the beginning of each and every uh, Hammer and Tongue event where they just try and reassure audience members that, you know, okay, if you've never been to a poetry slam before, don't panic. It's not going to be too bad. Uh, And what they do is say it won't be poets saying things like, my heart is a brick made of pain. And I just thought that was such a beautiful line. And it seemed such a shame that, that, that Cambridge slammers are being denied that on such a regular basis. So I thought I would uh, go ahead and, and, and create that poem here for you now, which I would like to present to you. My heart is a brick made of pain. So it's a heart, but it's made of brick. And that brick is a brick but it's made of pain, it's a metaphor. My liturgical heart is a brick made of pain. My liturgical heart is a bilious brick made of pain. My liturgical heart is a bilious brick made of exquisite pain. My love is an anvil made of agony. My garrulous love is an anvil made of agony. My garrulous love is a parsimonious anvil made of agony. My garrulous love is a parsimonious anvil made of grandiloquent agony. You are a songbird made of sunbeams. So you're like a songbird but you're made of sunbeams. That's the metaphor too, and a simile. You are a songbird made of sunbeams. You are a mellifluous sunbird made of sunbeams. You are a mellifluous songbird made of gossamer sunbeams. I gave you my heart, the one that is a brick made of pain, and my love that is an anvil made of agony. And you say, what does a bird need with a brick or an anvil? And I say, well, it's just a metaphor, isn't it? And you say, should have chosen a better one then, shouldn't you, prick? And you spread your melodious wings and you fly away. I cannot fly after you because I have no wings. And also the brick and the anvil are very heavy. Wow, I mean, that poem turned me into Mother Teresa somehow with my towel. It reminded me of that Douglas Adams quote. Um, <laughs> the birds floated in the air in exactly the, no, the spaceships floated in the air in exactly the same way that bricks don't. Um, so that was nice and appropriate. That was, that was, oh. I'd like to claim that was deliberate. It was not. <laughs> Hannah, do you want to inflict something on the audience or should we pass over to Woody yeah. and come back to you after the set? Oh, either. Oh. Let's go to Woody first and then okay. come back. Yeah. You can finish off the night. Nice. Okay. So (laughs) we are going to pass now to uh, our feature and 
still just about reigning slam champion Vogon slam champion alexander woody woodward i mean i've got his bio here it says hairy heartfelt and hilarious alexander woodward is what happens when your favorite teacher turns up drunk and decides to ignore the lesson plan in favor of something more fun he mixes rhyme uh that doesn't mix rhyme that's not what he says Laurie Reed. It says he mixes myth, masterful poetry, and meticulously. Oh, fuck it. It's Alexander Woody Woodward. He's just great. Woody, take it away. Woo! He's back from the break. Yeah, mate. (laughs) Okay, cool. Take it away, mate. For fuck's sake. Right. One, two. One, two. Uh, We hear me? Yes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good settings are right. I shall start now. Good evening. My name is Alexander Woodward, and I get out of my room, Mum. I'm talking to my internet friends. Uh, this is the hardest set I've ever had to. Uh, craft because there is no structure to it because I'm using all the poems I use uh, for, 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 for breaks instead and to be fun <clears throat> this first poem is called Subjunctive Mood and it goes exactly like this Wise man only fools run. Sorry. I think I've got you mixed up with someone else. In my defense, it's an easy mistake to make. You are rather similar. Now that I look more closely, however, the differences are obvious. You are the person I met the other week at that gig briefly and they are a figment of my imagination created when I thought you smiled at me. I am sorry I slid that pedestal under your feet. I don't realize I'm doing it half the time. Do step down. It can't be comfortable up there. There's not really enough room for a complete human being. What I wanted to say is that I think you have the most fantastic eyes. And I know it's cliche, but it's something that's always really grabbed my attention. And yours look like you're reading an entertaining textbook. You're willing to learn and ready to take the piss simultaneously. Also, I couldn't help but overhear your conversation before the gig started. I'm sorry for eavesdropping, but my mates haven't arrived yet. And even as a poet, there's only so much time one can kill staring moodily into the middle distance. What I wanted to say is I think you would be really good at playing irreverently with ideas. So maybe when we're done here, you and I could go somewhere quiet and toss some ideas back and forth. If it'll sweeten the deal, I will even let you pick the first philosopher we ridicule. i sorry for being forward, but I just can't help. This could be 
the start of something beautiful. I mean, to be fair, it could also be the start of something fucking atrocious. Like, even if you and I hit it off this evening, maybe in the next few weeks, some unscalable monument will rise up between us. Like, for instance, you might become increasingly irritated by my almost compulsive need to make reference to ancient Greek myth. I mean, it's not a constant thing. Physically capable of forming a sentence without resorting to some archaic Hellenism, but statistically speaking, if a relationship with me goes on for long enough, I will eventually give an impromptu lecture on the Trojan War while one or both of us is naked. And I don't know if that or something even worse will happen this evening, but my mind is a chaos of delight at all the possibilities laid out before me. I am in a subjunctive mood. And in any case, sometimes I just can't help rushing in. All right. Um, one. Incidentally, I've got you on gallery view, and um, you're all muted. Thank you. So it's deaf applause, please. It, 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 that that's more relevant, and that that helps me. I'm going to do my most offensive poem. Um, statistically speaking, about twenty percent of you will not enjoy this, but that's okay because I enjoy doing it more than twenty percent. So <laughs> it doesn't have a title, but it goes like this: <clears throat> "Fuck Boris Johnson, fuck him negligently and without concern for his orgasm." Fuck him loudly enough that he seriously disturbs his upstairs neighbour who already ha- who already has to get up early for work and has enough trouble sleeping because they've got newborns to look after. Fuck Boris Johnson in such a way breaks several small ornaments of great emotional worth. Fuck him while the stereo is playing music which does not create a fuck-appropriate ambiance. Like didgeridoo music or, I don't fucking know, Coldplay B-sides. Fuck him directly after eating a kebab so you can get garlic sauce all over his favourite pillowcase. Fuck Boris Johnson and when he leans in to kiss you, cough in his stupid fascist face. Fuck Boris Johnson while wearing a aftershave you know sets off his allergies. Fuck Boris Johnson after agreeing on a safe word which you know will aggravate a small speech impediment which although it's not noticeable he still gets embarrassed about. Fuck Boris Johnson and just before he orgasms lean into his face and whisper the name of his second least favourite geography teacher. Fuck Boris Johnson and over the next few weeks ignore 
each and every one of the 137 voicemail messages, he leaves tearfully asking for a second date. Fuck Boris Johnson. Good. Um, I've got my set list written down here, but I... My handwriting is so bad in lockdown that I actually can't read it. So this is a more relevant set list. There we are. I am on brand. Um, some of the audience I recognise, and for those, and some I don't. For those I don't, hello. I'm glad to be your friends now. And for those I do know. Uh, you are probably expecting something properly ancient Greek. And so I'm going to do that now to get it out of the way so you're not um, waiting for it. This is uh, about the myth of King Midas of Lydia, uh, the Midas touch, you know that myth. This is called King Midas's Conundrum. King Midas wept tears of relief when he saw the condom had turned into gold, but his partner had not. Of course, he realised the real trick would be peeling the fucking thing off again. That's that one. It's the word peeling, isn't it? Um... Oh, bollocks, 92. I'm going to have to resort to my book now. Based on Margaret Shakespeare monologue. And I can, I, I've tried before now to memorise both, uh, but I can only keep in my head either Shakespeare's words or my own words. And I'm not so arrogant to think uh that it needs to be mine. This is a poem uh, inspired by uh, a chap on the internet called Randall Munro, who writes the webcomic XKCD. Uh, And one time a few years ago, he tried to explain uh, the Saturn V rockets using only the 1,000 most common words in English. And I've done the same thing with the opening monologue of Richard III. So this is the beginning bit of Richard number three. Now is the coldest time of the year of our not being happy, made a really good hot time of the year by this son of a city in the top part of the country where I live. And all the grey wet things in the sky which were not being nice to our house are in the the deepest part of the ocean, far under the top bit. Now are our heads wearing the clothes you get for being the best at something. Those things we used for fighting a lot made into pretty things for our walls. Our angry, who goes there, made into happy hellos. Our mean fighting music changed to nice songs. 
not happy faced big fights has made his shirt nice again. And now instead of getting it onto horses in fighting clothes to make the people he is fighting scared in their hearts, he dances quite well in a lady's bedroom to the voice of a thing that makes the music you use uh, music you use when you want to kiss somebody. But I This is really stupid and I love doing it. (laughs) But I, who am not put together for fun and games of this sort, and not made to have mirrors be nice to me, I, that am not very well built and don't have those things which you need to walk around in front of nice ladies who really like kissing people, I that do not look enough like that and do not have a nice face because of the lying lady god who does trees and the outside and things of that sort, not looking right or finished, sent before my time into this breathing world, scarce half made up, and that... So much unlike the people at school everyone wanted to talk to, that dogs make loud dog noises at as I walk not easily by them in the street. Why I, in this not strong and high-voiced time of no fighting, do not have anything fun to do except to pass away the time. I do not have anything to do to pass away the time except to spy my shadow in the sun and laugh at how bad I look. And so, if I cannot make it clear that I am someone who cannot love and have fun in these nice, well-spoken days, I am going to make sure I do well at making it clear I am not a nice person and hate the easy things people like about this time. Plans have I made. And things have I started which are not safe. By things that say what is going to do happen, lies about people and dreams to set my brother Clarence and the man who tells people what to do in a hate which is bad for life, the one against the other. And if the man who tells people what to do is as true and good at following the written down things which tell people what to do as I am not obvious, lying and able to turn on my friends, then this day Clarence shall be turned up. Dive now. Dive into the bit of my body a goddess breathed into me. Here my brother come. That is really hard to do, and it's harder to do without an audience. What's next on my list that I lied about? Page 44, I think. Uh, I hope you're well. Uh, I don't know about you, but in this lockdown last year, I particularly missed summer. Not because I so much enjoy the heat, but because I missed... 
watching drunk men in flip-flops running for the last train. This is called uh, Masterpiece. The master surveys their canvas. Skilled hands sketch quick lines. A pause. The piece is complete. They've drawn a cock on my homework again. And I'm looking at Laurie and Rebecca. I think I've got time to do this fast last one, which is the one that I won the Vogon Poetry Slam with. Yes? Um, Yeah. This is a poem by me, what I won the 2019 Poetry Slam with. Um, It is a love poem. My penis deflates with a saturation polite as her rejection. My Kierkegaard laminated chimescence retreats into itself unctuous and turquoise. My vulva-centric ambitions are ash. My hopes drift away like a cloud of smoke. Aristotle chortles in his turtle-shelled chaise long. Verminous vagrant, thy virtuous virility is a venile vacuum, he whispers, like a freshly varnished kangaroo. Offer up a Tupperware of pity to the true victim here. Denied his dual desires. Denied the scenic's most moist and salty depths. Denied his divinely designed destiny. Denied the heat of her heliospheric appearance. Oh, alas. Alas, how jealous our hero is of Theseus who may have had to fight the Minotaur, but at least he got to frolic in the labyrinth. The gods! The gods! The gods, the gods, the gods, the gods. The very gods themselves have decreed Odysseus shall never again see his home. Never again rest upon her curved mountainside. Never again explore her lightly tufted valleys. Doomed to wander through the ocean's mists. Exile, you shall forever await your homecoming with masturbated breath. Oh man, and there's the towel from last time. Whoa, Alexander Woody Woodward, everybody. I don't even know how we how we move on from that. I mean, 
Was it Freshly Varnished Kangaroo? I think maybe we should rename the podcast that. That's quite a good one. Um, was it Happy Happy Kill Fun Time or the other one? That was also good. Um, thank you, Woody. Thanks for coming back um, and performing that poem for what I imagine is the 500th time because I imagine you've been doing it all year in your set um, since the last Vogon Slam. In fact, it was two years ago, so uh, a lot of gigs, maybe a thousand. Right. Okay. So we have two things left. We have the scores and we have our poem from Hannah Hutzper, who wants to do one little poem. Let's maybe have the poem first and yeah, then we'll do scores. The, ambassador's, the final results. The ambassador's gone for a little nap um, in, in the hat oh, at he's the very moment cute. With, with his towel. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll let him rest a wee bit more um, and do... Um, I, I saw a couple of people in the chat uh, on the break going, oh, yay, I love Hannah's dead cat poem. No, 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 no. I wrote a poem about these dead cat poems, which, you know, if we're all doing our own promo, fuck it, you can find it at the link and it's available in my book. But what I'm doing this evening is the original horror show, which um, sparked this uh, piece. And I think to to get the full comic potential out of it, um, I'm going to have my surly assistant who is wearing a lab coat and a pair of goggles um, and a towel and a towel and is ready to point out whenever there's any illogical consist any anything illogical or uh, not not fully factual in this poem. Um, this is one of four poems I was given about six years ago now um, when my then cat Baba Yaga uh, passed away and i found the cheapest crematorium i could because the vet quoted 500 quid and i did not have 500 quid and i eventually found somewhere that would do it for only 100 quid and they did and when they returned my cat's ashes they also gave me four poems and one of them was apparently written by me to my cat i'm not sure if they were psychic or I don't know where, how that one happened, but the more disturbing bit was that three of those poems were written by my dead cat to me. And two of them were addressing me as mum. Now, to be fair, you shouldn't have given birth to a cat. I have no memory of giving birth to a cat. You and I swear, you can see the dynamic we're about. You forget many things. So, I have picked uh, the one poem written by my cat which did not address me as mum. It does not have a title. Perhaps if you if you would like to suggest one in the chat, feel free. Also, um, there's a lot of end rhymes. So, if you think you know what the next word is, please feel free to type it. I'll go slowly <laughs> to signal the end rhymes. And it goes like this. Friend, please don't mourn for me. I'm still here, though you can't see. I'm right by your side each night and day. And within your heart, I long to stay. My body is gone, but I'm always near. I'm everything you feel, see or hear. My spirit is free, but I'll never depart. As long as you keep me alive in your heart. So you're going to have open heart surgery to insert a dead cat's 
into which chamber of your hearts? I don't know. Should we figure it out based on what else comes? Let's see. Excellent. I'll never wander out of your sight. I feel like the person who wrote this hasn't met many cats. Um, Oh God, one poem for each heart chamber. Jesus, yeah, you're right. I'll never wander out of your sight. I'm the brightest star on a summer night. I'll never be beyond your reach. I'm the warm, moist sand when you're at the beach. Did your cat piss on a beach? To the best of my knowledge, Baba Yaga never went to the seaside. How did her piss get on the beach? I don't. (laughs) I'm the colourful leaves when autumn comes around. And the pure white snow that blankets the ground. My cat is fucking getting around. I'm the beautiful flowers of which you're so fond. I'm the cool, clear water on a quiet pond. Why? How the fuck? Why is my cat in a pond? Cats don't generally like water. In James Bond, although that would be better. Shoot. We've got frogs. Is your cat a frog? I mean, she wasn't last time I met her. Who knows? We might get theological later. We'll find out. I'm the first bright blossom you'll find in the spring. The first warm raindrop that April will bring. I'm the first ray of light when the sun starts to shine. And you'll see that the face in the moon is mine. If anyone has noticed the moon looking like a grouchy 14-year-old tabby cat, like, let me know. My question here is, so this cat, who is a star, some pissed damp sands... Some leaves, some snow, some flowers, a pond, some other flowers, these ones are blossom, rain, light, sun, and moon. Yeah. That's all contained within your chest cavity. How do you walk? I'm a bit worried. Yeah. Got two stanzas left, belt up, nearly there. It's belt still in. going. Yeah, sorry. It's a very chatty dead yeah. cat. <laughs> When you start, there's a, there's a tone switch. When you start thinking there's no one to love you. Fair. I mean, probably right. You can talk to me through the Lord above you. I'll whisper my answer through the leaves on the trees. Right. So Baba can like communicate directly with me, but I have to talk to my cat's people. I have to, why this, this. I think it's relevant that she can communicate directly with you and has chosen not to. It's been five years and I haven't heard shit. She can communicate through all these different methods. I'll whisper she doesn't want to. I'll whisper my answer through the leaves on the trees and you'll feel my presence in the soft summer breeze. Final stanza. We're nearly there. I'm the hot salty tears that flow when you weep. And the beautiful dreams that 
come when you sleep. My last memorable dream was like a zombie apocalypse nightmare. So yeah, very grumpy cat. <gasps> Beautiful dreams that come when you sleep. I am the smile you see on a baby's face. Just look for me, friend. I'm every place. Wow. Is the horror show. It's a bit difficult to know what to say, isn't it, Ace? <laughs> what was the penultimate line of the of the penultimate stanza? Uh I'm the smile you see on penultimate stanza. Oh. Ultimate line. Is that I'll whisper my answer through leaves on the trees and you'll feel my Yeah, presence. and then the next line is by the book biceps by Laurie Eaves. That's that's the next that's the next <laughs> one. Um Right. Should we get oh look look if anonymous Bosch is gonna get a plug in, I'm gonna get one in as well. Right. <laughs> Mr. Ambassador, are you ready? Are you so, ready to announce the winner yeah. of the Vogon yeah. Slam twenty twenty one? Yeah. yeah. Scores have been counted. So, the ambassador's been consulted. Yeah. So the ambassador informs me that the new Vogon champion, the intergalactic third worst poet in the galaxy, is Anonymous Bosch. Anonymous Bosch wins the Vogon Slam Championship <laughs> 2021. Please Let's go to. Take a- Wow, yeah. <laughs> oh, we should share what they win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are two prizes. Well, there's three. Um, Anonymous Bosch, you are now the recipient of this beautiful, hopefully everyone can see it, uh, beautiful certificate um, outlining your uh, grave responsibilities as the new uh, Vogon Slam champion. Um, and there is also so no one can copy that that's, that's there is a copyright no print screens um yeah. and then there is also to print and adorn your wall with your own ink um there is the other image uh which we hastily put together of a beautiful piece of artwork uh on rebecca's laptop when she brings it up uh anonymous have you got any thoughts any 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 victory speech while we bring up your other prize him. Uh, bury these glasses in a vault deep below the earth. <laughs> bury them and then yeah, put them in a vault. The vault is going to be filled with cement and then it's going uh-huh. to be put nine miles in the ground. But I will have that for my wall. That is very nice. Thank you. Maybe you much. can bring that back for the next Vogon Slam. Um, <laughs> Rebecca, happen. have you got the other prize? Is it there? I think it's worth it if we can share it. Oh. But maybe we can't. Tell me what it was. Sorry. I think it was a beautiful uh, rendition of a bowl of petunias with a whale and a surprised-looking whale. Yeah. Ah, sorry, that was in the Google Drive, wasn't it? Maybe we didn't download it. Who knows? No, we didn't. Would you? We had a last-minute technical <laughs> issue that has uh, screwed a few wait, things up. Wait, Would you I'm... like to do a plug for Dead Darlings podcast while I try? And we'll do a Dead Darlings that. podcast plug. Dead yeah. Darlings is a monthly podcast um for the spoken word community in london the uk and beyond uh you can find it wherever you get your podcasts apple podcasts anything else um you know other podcast catchers are available uh hannah did you want to share any thoughts we talk about uh books we like we interview a different poet every month 
who we love. We have uh, poetry opportunities. If there's a, we ha- call out uh, when there's competitions and gigs that we rate, and there are yeah a, a wide discussion of not just excellent uh, writing and performing, but also the whole community around it, which is a a gorgeous and life-affirming thing. When you give people a short period of time to talk about what they care about, it gets uh, often deep and gorgeous very fast. And speaking of gorgeous... <laughs> speaking of both deep and gorgeous, <laughs> this is the other prize, um, the second of the three prizes. The other prize you get, Tim, as you all have seen on the event, uh, is Ennui. Ennui is your third prize, and I'm sure you'll enjoy that and treasure it for... You don't have adequate postage, so you might have to, like... Like you'll get the thing saying that you need to pay the post office, and then and then you'll get your package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, send us a postal order. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Rebecca, anything else you want to say about the podcast before we wrap up this mother? Oh, uh, good question. Uh, I think you guys pretty much covered it. Yeah, it's a monthly podcast. We feature poems, awesome tips, inspiration. And if you've enjoyed the the slightly chaotic banter between Laurie, Hannah and myself, <laughs> there's a lot of that. Um, yeah, it, it's largely a lot of that. Uh, many of the poets here tonight have been have been all of the, uh, within the call, have been interviewed by us. Uh, we hope to do some more soon. Uh, or have been featured doing poems. Yeah, if you like poetry, if you like community, we're on uh wherever you get your podcasts and you can find us on twitter as at dead darlings pod instagram at dead darlings pod and facebook as dead darlings podcast yep and uh if you want to ping us some money for tonight that cold hard cash um you can also do that by just uh it's paypal.me stroke dead darlings podcast someone's put who won the slams i was eating in the chat uh, it was anonymous <laughs> bosh won the slam um I think we can call it a night there. Thanks, everyone, for coming. I think all the bureaucracy is done. Thank you all for coming. Good night. And thank you to all of our slammers who were Christine Fritz, Sarah and Thomason, Anonymous Bosch, Tim Martin, Tiana Howard, Andrew League, Rick Dove, Josie Alford, Ray and Rachel Shora. Woo! So long and thanks for all the fish. So long. And thanks for all. The Vogon Champ, Dead Lord of the Vogon Champ. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night. And well done, Laurie, Rebecca, Hannah. This was so much fun. See you guys around. I have no idea what it does for the reputation of poetry, but I had a marvelous time. Uh,